Wait a minute. Normally Austin starts this, huh? I know. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I, can I try it? Yeah, this is without uh, parental supervision. Let me, let me shut off my phone. Flight out. test podcast. Flight test podcast. All right, well, let's, let's try this, okay? Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'm not Austin. Yeah, no, you're not. You're Josh. <laughs> I am Josh. And I'm Josh. And who else do we have with us today? Bob and Mitchell. Bob and Mitchell are here. Yes. Yes, and this is so weird being without Austin right now. I know. It's <laughs> funny. When you don't really realize how much work he actually does <laughs> just sitting there. It's exciting. It's exciting to uh, to be back talking to that. It seems like, you know, what are we going to talk about next week? What are we going to talk about next week? It takes about five seconds to there's have a always, full lineup. There's always something to talk about. Yeah, and we got Bob and Mitchell here today because there's some cool new stuff. Uh, Bob just ran through uh, the 107, right? That's correct, yeah. And there's a it it goes pretty easy now. Of course, I part sixty one pilot, so that that makes it easier. Uh, you just have to take a a test or a, a course online, and then after you get done with the course, you take a test, and that test uh, then after you get an approval for that that you've passed the test, then you can apply for your one hundred seven permit. But there is some little gotchas in, yeah. the, well, in the whole thing. Why don't you describe for people that don't know what a 107 is? Um, 107 is the, it's light uh, unmanned aircraft system rating. And, that, and as a pilot, you get ratings on your license, and that is a rating that goes to your license. Uh, and it stands, for, yeah, light and Anything under fifty-five pounds. Yeah, and so so basically, uh, if someone wants to work for a realtor uh, and, and take pictures of, of houses, they need this one hundred seven. That's correct. And they you need a one hundred seven to do any commercial work with a, yeah. a drone. And technically, it looks like by the law, it's like a fuzzy gray feel, uh, field. But um, isn't it like where they're saying if you're flying FPV? Well, yeah, I haven't really delved into that to yeah. really see what that that means, but. Uh, Yes, yeah. that's correct. Well, a lot of people have, uh, have big dreams of, of wanting to, to do a career with this, so it, it's getting more and more common. And uh, the 107 isn't actually pertaining to the vehicle, though. It's actually pertaining to the pilot, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And uh, it, it does, like I say, the course that they do online is basically a review of air, air procedures and uh, safety uh, for the, the aircraft and things like that, and the maintenance procedure that you're supposed to follow with the aircraft. And uh, so they just want to review that stuff. And it took me probably about two hours online. I suppose you could do it faster, but that's about what it took me. And then you had, when you're done with that, you have a, uh, a test. And I, I'm thinking, uh, I can't remember exactly, but I believe it was around 40 questions, 43 questions. You take the test, obviously, and they grade it immediately, and you get a an approval or disapproval, and then you have to uh, correct the questions that you missed. And uh, then you, uh, in the mail or in the email, they send you a uh, certificate. It's a it's a form that says you've you've uh, passed all the courses and you've you passed the test. And now, what you have to do, then you go to online. And it's the, the the site that you go to. It's called Araka, uh, and it's arakafaa.gov. Um, and I, I wish I could spell, make it sure I was correct on what the uh, 
they mean. But anyway, um, you go on there, and then you apply for your ticket. And you apply for, and it's an 8710 form that you fill out. And uh, you fill that out. And then what you do, you, 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 send, you submit that along with that email that you got from them. And uh, what happened to me was I submitted it and nothing happened and I couldn't figure out what the problem was. And finally they sent me a, an email and says, you've, you've submitted an open uh, request for this, but you need to get with a flight instructor, a designated examiner, or go to your local FISDO office, the FAA office. What, what does FISDO stand for? I, I'm not exactly sure, but it's the local FAA office in, in most major cities. Yeah. And if you do want to go to FISDO to have them uh, approve this, you have to make an appointment. It used to be you could walk in the door and they would help you, but uh, anymore you have to make an appointment. Now, in my case, uh, I got my flight instructor because one of the things that, that they ask you on this Part 61 thing is that have you had a uh, recurrent training in the last two years, your, your biannual flight test? And you have to have a, a flight instructor do that, of course, and he has to say that that, that did take place. So that, uh, and that, it was sort of interesting when, when we got together to do that. Um, they, when you fill out the form, you fill out the form and you have to have a signature on the bottom. Well, it's an electronic signature, of course, and what they did is it wouldn't show up on mine and I couldn't figure out why. Well, when I got together with my flight instructor that, that gave me my biannual check, he goes to the Araka site, he has to put in he logs in in his name, and then you put in my FTN number. And everybody that, that goes into the Araka site has to get an FTN number. This Araka thing is fairly new, too. It's like a uh, you log in and you're a student to a certain pilot and stuff, right? That's exactly yeah. right. And it keeps track of all this stuff. And cool. All my ratings are in there and everything that you've done. Even my, I used to be a flight instructor. Well, it's no longer current, but it still shows up in there. I was sort of surprised. Wow. But um, anyway, I went, you go in there, and he has to verify everything that you do, uh, like the signature. Uh, I had tried to do it on my own, but when he got in there, we had to do it again, and he had to see me do that. Oh, wow. And he also had, I had to get my driver's license out, and he had to verify that that was me and, and that... So we had to verify every step along the way. Now the, the gotcha on these is, and this is something that, that happened to me when I first started it, was the fact that I am an Apple person and I use Safari. Well, guess what? Safari won't work. Um, you have to use uh, either uh, Google Chrome or one of the Microsoft uh, web browsers uh, Firefox, they said would work, but you did have some, you had to make some adjustments to it. I'm not exactly sure what those were. Um, and also, you have to, to take off the pop-up blocker, because everything in there, when you do it, they want you to review it before you save it. If you don't do that, it won't allow you to go to the next item. Well, 
if you have a pop-up blocker on, when they send that back to you, that's what it shows up as, and, mm -hmm. and uh, so you couldn't go on. So uh, it was very frustrating at first with me trying to get on because I was using my Safari uh, from the Apple. And uh, I switched over to uh, Google Chrome, but it was fine. It worked fine. Wow. Well, so what would you suggest to people? Because a lot of people are going to need to get there. You know, they're going to need to register their airplane. That's and they're, you know, that's that's one thing. Like if you have a Phantom, you still need to register it. That's right. You know, it's it's like a license plate on a car. Right. And then uh, the 107. What's the convenient path just to recap? What they should do first, second, third. Okay. The the what you should do is first go into that Araka site, and what you need to do is uh, you need to get create yourself an account okay. with Araka. Uh, now, like I say, if you're a Part 61 pilot. All you have to do then after you log into that is that you look up under uh, rem remote uh, unmanned, unmanned pilots or unmanned aircraft systems and uh, you can, and it's all over the place. They've got it marked well because obviously there's a yeah. lot of people trying to do it. A lot of new people. Yeah. So um, you have to take the, the uh, uh, course that they offer and it's a review of airway procedures and safety procedures and uh, maintenance procedures that they want you to follow. And then after that, you have to take that test. If you pass the test, you get an email from them verifying all that you've done. Then you have to take it to a, uh, a flight instructor, a pilot examiner, or the FISDO office and they have to go through it with you to verify these things and say that you correctly did them. And then uh, you send it in, or you submit it, and uh, within two hours you have a, an answer back. Nice. Nice. So you get a temporary certificate at that time. Then you're good to go. Then you're good to go. It's kind of cool looking over the questions of the test. It is knowledge. A lot of people were, were kind of balking at this. It is knowledge you really want to know. It, it is not something that's... that's uh, that's not going to be important to you. It's, it's very crucial knowledge, uh, especially if you do it professionally. Well, that's correct. And it, and it also, it, it shows you the places that you can't fly. In other words, and they are marking them now much better. Like, uh, well, we're here in uh, Ohio and we're near Akron. When Akron U has a football game at home, there's a ring shows up around uh, Akron Stadium and you cannot fly in that area and like the in Cleveland now we got the World Series coming up there'll be a big ring around those uh, events and you will not be allowed to fly around those the did, Indians you, did you not know we had the World Series coming to Cleveland <laughs> no no they won <laughs> yeah you didn't know that no are you serious that's pretty yeah cool. they did yeah so so we have uh not the Browns uh, the Cavs won. no not the Cavs Browns won. the Cavs no. won. Browns are like 0 and 6 right now <laughs> yeah so so zero wins six losses that's correct yeah mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, we have a yeah, championship yeah, with the Cavs, and we have one coming uh, soon with the Indians. Hopefully. And the Browns will just, you know, they'll keep doing their thing. <laughs> yeah, <you know>. Losing. <laughs> Playing the football. Yeah. Football. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just caught me off guard. It's like, where, where are I can tell <laughs> as soon as you said that, like, your eyes are lit up. I'm like, he doesn't know. I was, I was in my basement building foam airplanes. Yeah. So. <laughs> You've probably just been not paying attention to the media with all the uh, election stuff going oh, on right yeah. now. No. And I don't blame you. Yeah, actually, there, there should be a special pill you can take during this time of the year. <laughs> so, no, that's, that's really great, Bob. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, it's well, something it, we'll off the day. And I, th I think the thing that, that people need to realize is there is a few of these little gotchas that 
it was very frustrating to me to know that I'd done it in in a safari and it didn't accept it and I could not figure out why. Well, I did call the FAA then finally and they were very helpful. The guy says, well, if you're using Safari, it's not going to work. You've got to get Google Chrome or one That's of the awesome. others. It's kind of a relief to, to finally have some of th these things on the books, but the aircraft registry and the 107, it, it takes it out of the gray area. Now you know if I do X, I can do Y, you know, and, and, it, and it kind of cleans it up a little bit. It's kind of crazy looking at Sweden outlawed FPV footage. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. i got to reach out to Dave and see what's going on with that, but... They just put out a notice that uh, anything recorded in the air uh, is is outlawed. Wow! Which is which is huge. I mean, that's that's kind of a crazy thing. But they classify it as a security camera, and I guess in Sweden, there's there's privacy laws and everything like that. And uh, you know, I, I'm thinking with this 107 now that they kind of have a bow on it. You know, hopefully that'll that'll relax some of the tension between full scale and, and model aviation. We'll see. <laughs> So Josh, you and Mitchell are getting ready to take a trip. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wednesday, mm. we are uh, we're going to be taking off to Colorado, and uh, I'm not an emotional person, but I was moved to tears. Jake Marshall's class. You are an emotional person. I'm not an emotional person. <laughs> yes, I'm a are. rock. You almost cried just now when you found out the Indians are going to be. No, that was uh, yeah. Okay, I'm emotional. Um, no, we're going to be heading off to uh, to visit Mitchell or uh, Mitchell's class, Jake Marshall's class. Uh, Mitchell and I, and uh, if anyone doesn't know about Flight Test STEM, uh, Mitchell's actually in this podcast because uh, he is uh, a teacher who's doing teacher support for our STEM program. And uh, what it is is it's a uh, it's a full curriculum K through 12 that meets all the national standards for STEM curriculum. And Jake Marshall and his awesome class is pioneering that in a very powerful way. So uh, what we're going to be doing is going down. We issued a challenge, and, and the way this curriculum works is. You know, students take on uh, the laws of gravity through challenges, and, and really what they're graded on is how they attack problems and use critical thinking. And uh, we gave them a real doozy of a, of a challenge. Uh, we challenged them through through a video to uh, create an aircraft uh, that's a prop and slot jet, and then take a page from the uh, tiny trainer and have two unique wings that can be interchangeable. So ideally. Um, they can make a really cool looking plane and you can be a beginner and have one experience and then switch it over and have a whole nother. Um, they upped the ante in a big way. I just got a teaser picture, but instead of doing two wings, they did three. And instead of having one fuselage interchangeable, they have three fuselages. So potentially, what is that, nine different options you can do? Yeah, do that, do that nine. Right? Nine, three times three is nine, right? My math's right. Okay, perfect. Nine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be going down there to, to, to test fly these and see this. And this is exciting because this is actually going to be a community release project from a school, from 7th and 8th grade kids that they created. And, and by the way, we gave them like a month. They did it in two weeks. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> I'm out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Mitchell's going to be coming down with us, and we're going to have a really good time. You've been mm -hmm. doing a lot of teacher support. What's the uh, most common asked questions, Mitch? Um, a couple questions is... One of the main ones is how do I get started? Like how do um how do I take the curriculum and make um and apply it to my class classroom? Um, another one is funding. How do I get funding? Um, like a lot of them say I'm on a limit limited budget. I don't have a lot of money. Um, then from there, um, we actually have this on the STEM website. Um, we have a tutorial on how to write grants. Um, so you write grants to your school district. Um, or to the st whatever state you're in, um, then I kn I am pretty sure that um, that Jake he, s he said he writes grants all the time. 
Um, from you can get up to a couple hundred dollars to up to a couple grand, or even Jake said he had like twenty thousand dollars, twenty thirty thousand dollars in grants. And, and for schools, you know, say private schools, even that are self-funded, you know, how do mm-hmm. they get started? Um, that's a really good question. You just um, one of the things is just um, there's a there's a sign up sheet first of all. Yeah, there's and, a sign up sheet. Yeah, and. Um, uh, one, one thing we do notice is registration. You know, there, there's a full-blown turnkey curriculum, and the teachers mm-hmm. can really take this as deep as they want. What's the most surface-level stuff that you see? Yeah, so you can um, – one of the is surface-level is gliders. So the um, first, if you have nothing – you don't have any knowledge about RC flight or in flight in, in particular, you can go to gliders, um, which are um, very simple, very easy build and um, – gliders that you can just hand toss or you can launch them with the rubber bands then from there you learn basics basics of flight so what it what um what does a rudder what does an elevator do what does aliens do to a to an airplane and from there you go to building um flight test models then from there um you adapt a model so let's say um what if i make this wing a little bit bigger i make this rudder a little bit smaller what is that going to um, do the to the flight characteristics. Then from there you design your own your own model. Um, but a lot of schools probably when they want to do. Um, I've been in, I'm advising them to go to either a glider if they haven't had any experience or the tiny uh, tiny trainer. Nice. Um, going that route. Well, one really cool thing is uh, a lot of people think because it's flight you're going to be you know graded on you know how well you fly how well you build. And there's really cool strands, learning strands is what they call them. And it starts off with safety, and then you have a build strand, and then you have a design strand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't, it's not like suddenly these kids are thrust into a world that they don't understand. They're, you know, given opportunities to actually really immerse themselves in safety and build techniques. And then they do, they do their builds, and then they start learning about aeronautics, and then they start designing. Um, and it's pieced in a way where the teachers can make it as quick or as long as they want. Uh, but the other really cool thing about that is the kids are, are, are guided through something called the EDM model, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the engineering design model? That's correct, yes. So in a nutshell, you know, a kindergartner you know, who can't even write yet, they learn how to do research, and then how to make a plan, how to execute the plan, and how mm-hmm. to communicate their conclusion. And it's done through something. I think if that's mission control, we have a problem, right? Um, that's um, the little space shuttle from Yes, mistaken. that's correct. And, uh, yeah, Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and the thing I loved about that was, you know, a small kid doesn't know how to read and write at that age, but they can learn what happens if they put the pennies in the back and it pitches up and they put the pennies in the front, pitches mm-hmm. down, and when they find the right balance point, suddenly it glides across the room. You know, getting them to use critical thinking to say, if I try this, what happens? And then if I try this, what happens? And then when they do have a discovery, how to communicate that. Even if it's a failure, communication is so important. And what I really love with Jake's class and what he's done is, you know, he's always issuing these problems to kids, and now the kids are issuing their own problems. Or there's outside people um, saying, hey, I challenge you to make a, make a multi-rotor that will fly over and, you know, land and deliver a vehicle that will drive to this point. And these kids are doing it. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's honestly like I literally saw this, and, and for us to design a plane, it takes, you know, a month. It takes a lot of work. And the way these kids are instantly able to take the concept, take the problem, attack it with boldness. Um, it shows how their minds are working to attack critical thinking. And in a world of, especially in the U.S., with standardized testing, and, you know, I, I still remember sitting in a, a classroom and looking at the teacher saying, you know, I'm really worried about Noah because he can't read 90 words per minute. 
And I'm like, okay, well, how can you, how many can you read? Well, 70. I was like, that's amazing. I can't even work, read 60, you know, <laughs> let alone retain 50% of that. She's like, no, no, you don't get it. He's not going to be able to finish the test in time. And I'm like, what do you mean he's not? And then she, she told me this whole world of standardized testing. And, and that's when, honestly, we pulled our kids out and gave them one year of homeschooling because it's like we can't have our kids existing in this world because guess what? To this day, I still got a sixth-grade reading level. I am terribly dyslexic. And I don't learn through reading. I learn through speaking in my ears and my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I love about, you know, with, with STEM and the way FT STEM does is it brings that critical thinking back in. It brings all the senses. And Mitchell, you can probably shed some light on this, but I think schools use about, what, seven, eight curriculums? Like uh, there's academics, you know, levels and stuff that they, they test on. Yeah, that's like correct. Reading, writing, mm-hmm. arithmetic. Yeah. I think in the real world there's like 32. And mm-hmm. if you're just genetically, you know, gifted by God to not have those, those, those certain criteria that school's great on, guess what? You're going to be looked at as a failure in school. What I love with the gift of flight and what I love with, with education, you know, done in this way, is the kids can take how they learn best and use it to attack the problems. There's, there's no holds bars. And uh, they, they use the Internet. They use videos. They use other people's knowledge. They use communication. They don't have to look at a, a book. So in a case like me where I'm, I'm not a good reader or writer even that, but I can, I can see and I can understand quicker, um, that kind of gives everyone a level playing field. And yeah, and hmm. it, it builds confidence, too, yeah. in them to be able to take that experience and apply it to other areas of their life as well. Because even, you know, problem solving in, in the real world outside of just uh, aviation becomes possible because they have the confidence yeah. that they were able to um, see a problem and figure it out, find a solution, and apply it, uh, they'll be able to take that and apply it to their everyday lives Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. There was something in the flying ministry we did years ago, and when you see a, a young kid, uh, we, we used to teach gang kids to, to fly, and it was crazy. I, I would go to their kids, and we would kind of engage them, and then the parent would come in, like, what are you doing with my kid? And I'm like, won't teach him to fly. You want to fly too. But once they realize they can take their hands and defeat the laws of gravity with a simple piece of foam, the way they look at life, I, I can attack this problem. It gives them that boldness. Mm-hmm. Exactly right, Josh. Yeah. And uh, that confidence, that change in thinking to realize that they have a great mind given to them by God is it, so important to instill in kids at a very young age and giving them the success to yep. say, wow, look what I just did. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess I am an emotional guy, but I cannot <laughs> wait. It's honestly, I feel like I feel like Thursday is going to be our Christmas because we're going to get to see these kids Thursday and Friday. And uh, and spend spend a couple of days with them. Have and you ever have we ever been out there before? Um, I was out there once with uh, with Lee. Um, That's right. Yeah, maybe, maybe twice. A couple of years ago. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, every time we go down, it's just it's it's a beautiful area, beautiful, great great people. The the Mesa Foam Fighters, right? Yes. They, yeah. Yes. They, the, the girls called me Sharp Knife, and I didn't know what that meant, but that means basically that's they're done, they're not allowed to call each other an idiot, you know. So <laughs> so they have different terms that get them under the thing, and I forget what I said, but they're like, "Wow, Bix, that was a real sharp knife, you know, stain of you." And I'm like, "What, what does that mean, Jake?" And they're like, "They're calling you an idiot." <laughs> so, so I was supposed to have a shirt waiting for me that says Sharp Knife, but cool. Um, yeah, we're gonna go down there. There's there's a lot of young ladies in this class, um, and with Jake's class you know a lot of people think how can this grow in a school to get into the hobby is literally less than half the cost of a robotics program mm-hmm. and the best part is is the kids don't take this apart at the end of the day and put it on the shelf and wait for the next class to come in and put it back together this is a dynamic thing where the kids are self-guided after a certain strand and they get to go on their own path issue their own problems which means they take it home with them they they take the challenge home it becomes part of their life and, and our hope with the stem program is 
is that as these kids learn to get inspired and they bring it home, that the parents are going to see it, appreciate it, get in the hobby, and then our main goal is families flying together. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You say that uh, this class that he's got is is mostly g- girls. Uh, not mostly, but it's um, basically there's there's girls and boys both uh, competing. They have to have a lottery, and there's boys and girls both competing to get into this class. And I think they have seven seven young ladies in this class right mm-hmm. now, wow. and uh, I think a class of thirty. So. I, I just think it's fantastic to make these kids think, as we say, out of the yeah. box, but. They, they have a problem, and he, okay, now how are you going to solve that problem? Exactly. And makes them right. do it. And yeah. I think that's so fantastic. Too many of us, and, and I did this when I was a young parent. I'd have my son doing something, and I'd say, well, you know, he's doing too, too slow, so I'm going yeah. to jump in there and help him. Yeah. And you, you can't do that. You have to make them do it themselves. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And with all the resources we have nowadays, it's, it's, I guess we have less of an excuse for that, you know, and, and really push them towards the right direction is the most important thing, and then stepping back. My dad had a great balance in that with my life. I remember he would step back, and I'd get so frustrated. I was like, come on, I know you know how to do this. Help me out. He's like, no, I told you how to do it. Just give it a shot. And I would fail miserably. And then he would come in, and he would show me how to fix it. And that was the best life lessons, you know, I ever did. But if he fixed it for me, um, it would have been really, really rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've had um, feedback and designs and inspiration coming from Jake's class for like the last what four or five years probably (laughs) and uh, they've always been a huge source of inspiration for a flight test you know if you think about it like the community is growing but the best part is is these young men and women that are coming up into aviation I think within you know when they get out into the job field the way they think the way they attack flight I think it's going to change the whole you know uh, whole thing of aviation sure I don't know how to describe it but there's so many kids already that have gone through and gotten into uh, to flight through flight test, and they love creating as much as flying, which means when they go to Embry Riddle, they just they just kill it, you know. So I really hope to see in you know who knows in ten years what the aviation field looks like and and, and what these amazing young men and women are going to be doing in the industry. It's probably going to look much more foamy. Yeah. <laughs> so what we did though is we know that there's a lot of schools and private schools and homeschooling. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go to our store now, you're going to see something that says, I believe, it's STEM in groups. Is that correct, Mitchell? Um, it just says STEM. Just STEM, says STEM right now. That's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what it does is we have the package and the details all about our, our product line that's used for education mostly. So the stuff that's most optimum to be able to use for even flying ministries, um, you can go there and you can actually look at the packets. And we discount it heavily so people can get into this. And, and our goal is, uh, you know, with the student licenses and all this stuff, is to have a very cool dynamic way for the teacher to engage the students, but it all lives in a cyber world. So with little Johnny or, or little Nancy, they develop the, I know, I'm making a <laughs> There's a Johnny and a Nancy out there somewhere. Everywhere. Um, but when, when they go through this and they're designing and they're solving problems, they actually have an online portfolio. And when they go into college, that's part of their portfolio that's wow. actually going to go with them to help them get you know scholarships and things like that. That's really great. Uh, mm-hmm. so, that is. Yeah, good stuff. And Josh, you're going to be taking off in a couple minutes. Why don't you tell everyone where you're going? Yeah, so I'm actually going to head out with the flight test vlog team. <laughs> Otherwise known as Mr. Alex the Hairy One. Yes, <laughs> the Hairy One. The Hairy One. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to go and talk to a World War II veteran. Uh, it's somebody that I actually met through my ventures with uh, memoirs of World War II, um, where if you haven't heard, I've been. Um, conducting interviews with World War II veterans to get their uh, perspective on just the experience of the war. And uh, a gentleman that I met last week, uh, he flew in the Air Corps, 
which was before the Air Force was around. Uh, but he flew several missions in the Pacific Theater during World War II. He flew, uh, I believe he said he trained in P-38, and he flew some missions in uh, P-40 and P-51. Uh, so Alex and I are going to go over and visit him and so uh, cool. just shoot a little bit of footage and uh, get some stories from him. He's, he's a great guy. His name's Bob. And uh, he uh, just has such an upbeat attitude. Um, he really looks back on his experience during the war, for the most part, um, with you know some really fond memories, uh, some actually funny stuff that, that happened with him as well. So I'll be sharing I'll be sharing a lot of his story on my uh, Instagram account and my Facebook page, which is Memoirs of World War II. Um, on Instagram, it's Memoirs underscore of underscore WWII. And uh, yeah, so look out for that. He's That's he's exciting. a great guy. I'm I'm excited to go talk to him again. So I love hearing your stories when you come into the office and you, you share the interviews. And yeah, it, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I guess the one thing you you continually say is there's a lot more people than you ever dreamed. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's I mean, there's just so many different things, events that happened during the war, and so many different perspectives because you can hear the same the same story about the same event, um, but when you hear it from someone who was there it puts a whole different perspective on it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stories of, you know, emotional heartbreak. There's a lot of stories that you can tell are very difficult for them to look back on. Um, But at the same time, overall, um, there's really a sense of honor that gets instilled into you when you get to listen to the stories. Um, And also just, um, you know, you can tell tell that these veterans, um, they really... uh, they really feel honored to have been to have played a part in that whole in that whole event, and uh, to continue to be honored through, you know, different uh, whether it be something big like a parade or some or some kind of you know engagement that that really is honoring veterans in a big way. All the way down to somebody just coming and saying, "Hey, you know, I'd like to hear about your experience. Just tell me a little bit about it." They 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 love it, so, and awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It seems like the the, the best part about you is is. Find out there's a lot more people out there. It's only got you more fired up. It's like okay, Definitely. there's more resources. We got to capture their for stories. sure. It's it's kind of it's kind of uh, turned into a domino effect um, in that it when I first really started to set foot to to doing this project, it was a little disheartening because um, most of the feedback that I got was well, there's not there's not much of them out there, which there's not, um, but they are out there. And uh, the way that I got started for anybody else that would that would be interested in, in sitting down with a veteran. Um, especially a World War II veteran, because they they are you know we are losing them at a really rapid rate. Um, but the way that I got started was I just went to on Memorial Day. My wife and I went to uh, the, our local North Canton Memorial Day parade, and when we were there, they recognized any veterans that were there, you know, from that had served during any time. And so they had them say, you know, they had them come up on stage and say when they served. And so I was looking out for the guys that said that they served anywhere between, you know, 1941 to 1945. And then I stalked them afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Got got their phone numbers and, uh, and, uh, that's how, that's how it came about. And from there, it just kind of, like I said, it just was a domino effect that, uh, you know, um, they would direct me to, oh, well, you have to meet this person or you have to go here because there's going to be a, a bunch of veterans there. Um, the more that I started sharing um, their stories on social media, the more people have come out of the woodwork and said, oh, I, you know, I have a grandpa or my uncle or, you know, I know a guy um, who served during the war. So it's really, it's really been great. It's really been That's good. Awesome. But I, I would encourage anybody, um, even if you're not going to take on uh, a, you know, building a, a, a page and, like, taking the time to 
um, write out the stories so that people can can read them and everything. Even just to go and hear for yourself, just to yeah. experience it for yourself, is is more than worth it. Absolutely. You can even look in your own family. If you're fortunate enough to have a grandparent or a great-grandparent, for that matter, yeah. um, and you just know that he mm. served in World War II. My grandfather was in D-Day, and I asked him questions, you know, and, and he'd show me the little shrapnel marks in his leg and where mm. the shrapnel still is, but I wish I had a mind now and appreciation for what he did because my questions would have been totally different. Not like, did it hurt? You know? Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. You know, and, and I look back and what little glimpses I had, you know, of, of the knowledge of what he went through. Um, it would have it would have really enriched my life uh, if I would have asked deeper questions. So, man, I appreciate what you're doing, but don't guys, don't hesitate if you, you see within your own family that you have people that are connected in World War II or, or Korean War, the life lessons that you get out of it. And, you know, people may ask, you know, flight tests, full airplanes, aviation, you know, why are we talking about stories of World War II? Yeah. Um, we love people first, and, and the planes are a vehicle to connect people and build relationships. The life lessons that you get from those relationships are valuable, and they can steer your life in a powerful way to the good. That's right. Um, so we really want people to, to connect on any level, and this is a powerful way that you're doing it, and uh, we want to share that story anytime we can. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you. Well, we got to get you out of here, though. You, yeah. You literally have to go. So I guess we're going to call it now, huh? Sure. How, how does Austin usually end these oh, things? man. Well, guys, it looks like we're about done. <laughs> uh, guys, I want to thank you for watching. Oh, wait. That's that's my closing. Um, listening. You just change it to listening. Oh, okay. Guys, I want to thank you for listening. There you go. Wow. We really need Austin back. Um, and, and Mitchell and uh, and Bob, thanks for sharing, thank too. You. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. We're going to hopefully do some live broadcasts when we go to Colorado. Cool. Uh, with these amazing kids. I know they're all allowed to be seen. Uh, one thing when you guys shoot, by the way, if you ever go into school, um, there's there's laws, you know, where, mm-hmm. where kids are not supposed to be filmed. We have release forms and everything. And the only reason I'm telling you that is a lot of people really want to bring this to youth. Um, always make sure you do it properly. Yeah. And, and I just want to put out there, if you do plan on going into a, a church or a school and doing a cool activity, if you want to film it, make sure you get releases to honor their privacy and stuff. But um, we're going to try to do some live broadcasts and showcase this, and I'm so excited because... These seventh and eighth graders literally just designed a product that's actually going to move flight tests forward. Wow. And uh, I can't wait to take on the next Red Bull Flutog and take on MIT with seventh and eighth graders. <laughs> yeah, for sure. uh, we'll, have a, we'll have even a better chance than we did last time. So, all right, guys, thanks so much, and I will see you next time. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We're going to talk to you. We won't see you. We're going to talk after next time. Okay, we'll talk again. I'll get you next time. I'll get you later. Bye.